Tony on the track. Blitz coming. Fitzpatrick throws. Touchdown. Devontae Parker. For Devontae Parker, two guys from Bills Country, Nick Imperato and Sal Sassiano, the hosts of the All in All Fins podcast. We're finishing up our series on the group position breakdowns today, talking a little bit of news and talking a little bit of Tua. Let's go. Cornerbacks and safeties. Secondary, I guess. The, the DBs. The DBs. There you go. Um, first little news. Something I thought inter- I, I thought that was interesting that I was just browsing around that I saw. Um, the only people that are allowed in facilities right now are um, injury injured people that can rehab. Obviously, Tua. You know, he's coming back off his hip injury, so he's in finally with the medical staff. But uh, Gary Jennings is also in. Um, with Tua, and I guess it's been reported that they're working closely together, which doesn't mean a ton. Besides, they might have some more extra, you know, continuity, or you know, if Tua ends up playing in the preseason or whatever. Again, it could be something like what happened with Josh Rosen and Preston Williams, because a lot of of Preston Williams' confidence came from Josh Rosen was just feeding him the ball over and over and over again. So um, they're in the they're in there rehabbing together. Um, so that's that's good news. Um, you know, we we thought that he was probably on the brink of making the team, um, and he had 151 catches, 2,013 yards, and 14 touchdowns over his last two seasons um, with that air raid attack in in West Virginia. So I think he's an interesting prospect. He was a fourth round pick by Seattle. So um, I mean, I have I'm not against another new young wide receiver because again. I don't think that the wide receiver room is totally um, totally all put together, and I think there's still some work that needs to be done and some injury questions that are up in the air, but um, another good wide receiver and somebody that Tua feels comfortable with is, is good news for us. Yeah, and, and, and any weapons you could add on the offense is always going to be a plus. Um, you, you're never 100% at any position. You could always improve no matter how good you, you think the team is. Um, so adding another guy that that can compete and push some of the starters, whether he makes the team or not, if he pushes a few people, it could, you know, right there, it's an advantage. It's a plus. Do you think uh, Jakeem Grant's going to raise Tyreek Hill? That would be interesting to see. I would really like to see that because I think Grant's got him. I've never seen <clears> – so the one thing that brings – like that comes to mind is Albert Wilson always said that Tyreek Hill was always just a step faster than him. And that one time against the Raiders, the high five play when Jakeem Grant chased him down from like 20 yards behind at a full sprint, that kind of shows me that he's probably the fastest guy in the league. I'd like to see Breida in there too, because he's been clocked as the fastest player in the league two years in a row. And that's what pads on. He went on Good Morning America and said, you know, I let's race with the pads on because um, that, that's what really matters. That's true. It, you know, <laughs> if you can run fast with pads on, it helps out a lot more because that's what you're going to be wearing. 
Maybe maybe him and Grant will uh, will go at it and race each other. In training That'd be camp. Cool. That would be really cool to see. Yeah, one of them goes down with the injury. That's the last. Yeah, thing. one of them one of them tears their ACL on the run or pulls something, pulls a hammy. Well, anyways, let's finish up this uh, position group breakdown series that we got going here. We'll finish up with the DBs, the defensive backs, as you would say. Um, and we'll we'll breeze over X and Byron Jones and a couple of the guys that we talk about a lot and spend a little, little bit more time on these depth guys because I think you know what you got. Um, we got Byron Jones coming off two years with no interceptions, so he's got that to prove. But other than that, he's a lockdown corner in a number one corner on the team. And then you got Xavier Howard, who needs to come back and prove that he can stay healthy and be that ball hawk um, guy that, you know, can can be the, the head corner or the, you know, number two guy or even the number one guy because Xavier Howard was the bright spot of the team two years ago. So he had seven interceptions. I think that they, they really – will work well together because they can both play both sides of the field. They're not like a Richard Sherman type who only plays one side. And one of them's just like the meanest press man coverage corner who will punch you in your face, you know, and, and you can work that against the team. Um, let's say you're going up against the Browns where you got um, Jarvis Landry and you got Odell, you know what I mean? If you put X on Landry and then you put um, Byron Jones on Odell, then you know you're gonna take Odell out of the game and make him throw, throw the ball at Xavier Howard, which is just gonna turn into him hopefully coming down with some interceptions. So um, I think they're gonna work well as a tandem. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I know we've hit on this before. They're they're just gonna help feed each other. They're gonna work off each other, like you said perfectly. Byron Jones is gonna push a guy, lock him down, press him up. They're going to try to throw the ball at Xavier. He's going to grab a few picks. They're going to try to looking at Byron Jones. There's going to be nowhere to go. And they're, and they're, you're, you're essentially ideally taking away their first and second uh, options uh, throughout most of the game, if you will. Um, you know, it always doesn't work out like that. I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a few plays let up here and there. But for the most part, they're, they're really going to feed off each other, help each other grow, and make each other better and really prove that they're worth all the money that they're getting paid. Which I, I do think they are. They're like number two and number three in the league, and that's going to change quickly here with Jordavius White and um, uh, who Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, and I think Marcus Lattimore is up for a contract. So there's a couple guys yeah. that are going to make these contracts look better, and that's what I like about Chris Greer. He may have went out on a limb and overpaid. I don't think he overpaid, but paid what Byron Jones wanted, um, but he <laughs> knew what the market was going to turn into, so – now you have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, and if Xavier Howard can show that he can stay healthy, now you got two guys locked down for the next five years. So nothing to worry about there. But the, the, where it gets interesting is the next two guys in, in, on the list, which is Noah Igbenogni, Igbo and um, Nick Needham, because Nick Needham is coming off a year where he was our number one corner for the rest of the year. Um, once Xavier Howard you know, came back and went down again in that Pittsburgh game, so... Um, and then you went and you spent um, the 30th overall pick on another corner. So I think that decision is – I think Brian How or Brian Flores is going to work hard to prove, you know, to not only, you know, the organization and the team around the team around him, but to prove to, you know, us fans that it was worth spending that 30th overall pick when there's some glaring holes on the offensive line. 
Yeah, and I think uh, Noah is a guy that Ryan Flores obviously really liked. Um, it may have been – it wasn't a need, I don't think, obviously, with Jones and Howard and uh, uh, Nick Needham, who played really well. Uh, you know, he started he, he started out rough, and he started to figure things out throughout the year. He was the number one corner as a UDFA. You know, that's not an easy task. That's, that's nothing to – to scoff at I mean really he, he played really well for what he was given in the situation he was in there wasn't a lot of help for him um, um, around him or in that second corner spot um, and a guy like Noah he's gonna come in he, he's a he's a he's a big guy uh, lengthy corner that's really just gonna play in the slot and, and get an opportunity to compete with Nick Needham in nickel and dime packages and he's probably gonna get a lot of looks if he's out there early because if Noah Benagi's in there, you're probably going to throw to him and stay away from Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. You're going to pick on the rookie, so he's going to he's going to see the ball thrown his way a lot really early on in the season. And I'm excited to see what happens. Um, and I really like Nick Needham uh, before we even signed Byron Jones. I think I've said this before, um, but even before we signed Byron Jones, I was like, oh, we're getting Xavier Howard back. Nick Needham's going to be a, a year a year stronger. He's going to be a little more comfortable. I'm really excited for Xavier Howard and Nick Needham. And then we just add two more guys between uh, above them and in between them. So we really brought a lot of depth to the cornerback room this offseason. Uh, so I'm excited to see what all four of them could do because they're all going to get in. Nick Needham's not going to get forgotten about. He's going to get in. He's going to get in on nickel and dime packages. You know, if if Jones and or Howard come out, he'll go in too. So he, he's going to be talked about. You're going to see him a lot. And I'm excited to see him and Noah kind of grow together and, and be a good, you know, three and four type corners uh, for the Dolphins for a while. Yeah, I, again, like you said, I think the most important thing is whenever you talk about the cornerback rooms, one of the first things that you end up hearing is, well, you hope Xavier Howard comes back and he's healthy. Well, let's see if he can come back and prove that he's that guy again. Well, you don't even need that because if he's not, you trade him, you get a first-round pick, or you know what I mean? Or if he's injured for the year, you still got Nick Needham. You still got um, Noah Igbenogny. And then you could even do something crazy where you can move Byron Jones to free safety and bring Bobby McCain down into the nickel, and then you can put Noah on the outside or Nick Needham on the outside. So there's a lot of shuffling that you can do. Eric Rowe has experience playing corner. So, you know, there's six guys right there that can play inside or outside, you know, cornerback. Bobby McCain might not be the strongest uh, on the outside, but um, he can do it. So, I mean, and he's going to be that same style where he, he's not afraid to, you know, punch you in your face and play that physical style. So I like the versatility back there more than anything. Um, and then the depth, because a guy like um, Tay, Hayne, Tay Hayes, if you look at the tape late in the year, like I was sending you Snapchats the other night, I was watching the game against Carolina. Um, he is not bad. I mean, he's not starting caliber. Um, he can give you special teams depth. But if worst came to worst, he was probably our best option at corner besides Nick Needham last year. Um, I know there was a couple guys that filled in. Um, Jamal Wiltz, who's like I think Jamal Perry now or whatever. Um, Stephen Parker had an interception last year. Nate Brooks played a little bit. Um, the, they might have played, yeah, no, yep. And so there's there's some depth here, but Tay Hayes is a guy that I think is kind of interesting. Um, that might might give you a little bit of a little bit of depth, and then you can't even breeze over Cordeus Tankersley because he was a second round pick out of Clemson, 
And in his first year, when he was playing as a rookie, he showed some serious, serious upside. I mean, if you think back to the Atlanta game, that game-sealing interception by Rashad Jones was because of Cordea Tankersley. So um, he's 6'1", 200 pounds. He's a huge dude. Um, he's just had some bad luck with the injuries. He he got hurt in his second year, and then by the time he was ready to come back for last year, there was either no point or he wasn't fully healthy. Um, so, you know, he's going to be battling for a spot here, but this is a guy that had, you know, 31 tackles, seven pass deflections, and one of them was a game-winning interception. So two guys, Cordea Tankersley and Tay Hazer, you know, the next two guys in line after those those four head guys. Yeah, and I, I think you said it perfectly. Um, with Cordea coming off an injury, he's going to be fighting. He's going to be competing because I really think uh, for quarterbacks specifically on this team, the the first four are pretty much a, sh- a shoe and Like, that's probably going to be the four with Jones and Howard, uh, Egbenagi, and Needham. So, uh, uh, Tay Hayes play, coming in and playing pretty decent. Cordera, Cordera Tankersley, if he could um, and sh- show what he did and show the reason why he was a second-round pick and show the flashes that he's shown in his rookie year and, and unfortunately being hurt last year, he didn't get to show that. And last year would have been a perfect opportunity for him to show show what he could be with how thin the DB room was. Uh, but unfortunately, he couldn't. So for him to come in this year, I think it's going to be uh, something to look out for to see if he can be what, what people thought he was going to be when he was drafted so high in the second round. Uh, so I'm looking for him to really be fighting for that fifth and sixth spot, really, um, with a lot of these other guys like Tay Hayes, had you had said. Um, but besides that, the cornerback room, I think, is is very, like, I don't, I don't know what you think, but, like, I think it's pretty, like, front-heavy, if you will. Um, and I, I guess I say that in a way where uh, the team has four really – good and high potential cornerbacks where a lot of teams might have two or three but I think the Dolphins have a lot of front heavy guys that are like one through four is really good and then you know five six depending on how many they keep could be a little uh, shaky yeah and again the cornerbacks are probably the best special teams depth guys you have because you know they're they're itching to play they're high energy guys um, so either way, they're going to be the four main ones and then probably another one or two more on the team. And then you'll probably even have one on the, on the practice squad. But circling back to Noah Egbenogny, I think the craziest thing is the fact that he converted. He got, um, he went, he, when he got to Auburn, he was a wide receiver and he was a, uh, like a heavy special teams guy. And then he, he's only played corner two years. You know, he started in 2018 and 2019. Um, I just think that that's a insane, insane thing. He's had a kickoff return two years in a row. SEC special, special team player of the week multiple times. So he's going to – I would not doubt that he, he gets involved in the special teams at some point, especially if Jakeem Grant figures out how to come on as a wide receiver. Um, and then – I was going to say something about Nick Needham, but I totally – um, let it slip my mind. You need a minute? Uh, no, okay, this is what <laughs> I was going to say. Um, in, in the two, he had two interceptions. Nick Needham had two interceptions last year, 11 pass defense. Um, and, and that's a big that's a big stat, along with, I think he, what did he, he smeared Sam Darnold on the ground when his sack 
with his sack, but he had mm-hmm. 54 tackles. So he's a strong tackler, and that's important in Brian Flores' defense. So another reason why all four of those guys are going to get ample playing time. And I think that the depth is just going to make it so when the, when this team is ready to go on a playoff run, they can. It's fresh legs. Yeah, a, a lot of young talent, too, uh, that, that we've hit on. And like you said, with Noeg Mignaghi, um being a guy who came on as a wide receiver and then played a lot of special teams and then really has only played corner for a few years, it reminds me of a guy. I don't know if you remember Tony Lippett. Tony Lippett? Lippett, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah from yeah, Michigan yeah. State. Yeah, 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 him. Um, you know, he played wide receiver and corner in college, and he was a lengthy uh, uh, corner. Obviously, he wasn't – he didn't have the talent that Noeg Benagi has, and he's not on the team anymore. Um, but it just shows the versatility of guys that Flores likes with Noeg Benagi having a guy that, you know, can do special teams. He even has history of offense. Probably not going to see him on offense, but that would be pretty cool. Um, but but mostly at, at corner. Um, and another guy who we drafted uh, in the DB room that has some special teams ability is Brandon Jones. And I don't know if I need to say too much more about that because I've probably talked about him a lot. Yeah, we have we have <laughs> killed the Brandon Jones thing. But he's 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 a project. Um, I'm excited about his um, in the box skills because we're we're definitely losing a, a in the box guy with Rashad Jones. So. Um, I hope that he takes this year to learn and get healthy and, um, you know, if he's got to play, he can play. And if he, he'll he continue to get better every day because we we saw by what he did during the combine when he couldn't couldn't perform physically what he did mentally. So we know he's going to be in the in the in the books and and be getting better. And that's all, that's all we need from him because we're trying to build a, a young, stable Secondary, because especially this day and age with all these quarterbacks throwing the way they do, it's important to have some depth. Because I think, um, you know, guys like Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe, their their days are unfortunately numbered. And you might like Bobby McCain, but I, I just don't see how he, unless he balls out this year, I just don't see how he stays around too much longer. And um, Eric Rowe is definitely getting up there into age. I'll have to age check him, but. Um, I know that he played a long time in in New England. He's 27. He'll be 28 during the season, so he's not too old. But who knows? If he plays the way he did last year at safety, we'll probably get another two, three years out of him at strong safety. Um, or maybe he decides to move over to free safety and use those cornerback ball skills. So, um, But the fact that he had 81 tackles last year is absolutely ridiculous. That is a ton of tackles for somebody that converted to safety halfway through the year. Yeah, it uh, I we've talked about Eric Rowe and um, his move to safety was so huge not only for this team um, but for him as well he, he like you said 81 tackles and what we're really lacking in the DB room is that big guy who could come up in the box and Eric Rowe's shown that he can cover tight ends but he's also shown that he could come in the box a little bit and to talk about Brandon Jones like you had said he could come in the box too so if you get a guy like Eric Rowe to, to go out and cover some tight ends, you bring Brandon Jones in on run situations to come up in the box. But then you also got Bobby McCain, who could even mix in with the corners and play nickel and dime or even cover over the top. There's just there's so much versatility with these DBs. Uh, it's I mean, it's just it's pretty incredible, honestly. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's another team 
that has the versatility in the DB room. And and obviously Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain aren't all pro, all star, all you know, are aren't Pro Bowl safeties. Um, and you know, Brandon Jones might need a little bit of work before he gets going, but the potential is just—it's ridiculous. If Eric Rowe can come and play the way he did at the end of the year last year, and Bobby McCain can really learn how to cover—well, not learn how to cover, but can keep covering better and can can cover from the safety position and even step up in a in a nickel corner position—it's just going to help out this team so much. And the and the back end of the defense just—it kind of looks scary. Yeah, and don't sleep on Clayton Fudgel and playing a little bit of safety. You know what I mean? He could come into come into camp. He was a captain on the on the Bengals last year. What if he comes into camp and impresses? You know, he might get some playing time. Um, again, I was watching the one of the more entertaining games. I, I ended up falling asleep during the third quarter, but the Bengals game last year, he was playing, and he wasn't just playing special teams. So um, there's a chance that he comes in and and impresses. You never know. And and let's see, he had. You know, he only had 15 tackles, but in 2017, he had 57. So, I mean, he's he's had some experience playing safety. He's played in all 16 games four years in a row. He started five in 2017. Um, so, you know, he's going to bring a lot to special teams, a lot to the locker room, but don't sleep on him. He's he's a big dude, and, and he, you know, I think he adds more, even more depth because um, Bobby McCain is, is a – guy that hasn't been fully healthy for two years in a row so yeah that's a great point you you, like a guy you're not gonna as much as we could all love to sit here and look at the team and be like oh yeah everyone's gonna stay healthy we're gonna do so good yeah that's just not going to happen somebody's bound to go down um and you know say one of the nickel corners go down or or any of the corners go down you know then Igbenaki or Needham got a slide outside but then you need to run an extra corner you could bring Bob McCain down and then you could put uh, Fedulum back there, so there's a lot, there's a lot that could happen with the with the versatility in this team. If somebody goes down or somebody's not performing well, that guys can shift around and move around. Um, but I think, you know, Flores really likes to emphasize the special teams with the guys that he's drafted first off and the guys that he signed like Fedulum. I think I'm excited to see the special teams because a lot of coaches talk about the three phases of the game: offense, defense, and special teams. Not a lot of people. Uh, put the emphasis on special teams that should be out there so when you look at the team and you look at this roster and especially the dbs since we're talking about them that the the ability that they have to play on special teams could change a game could change the momentum of a game and could really make a difference so not only are these guys going to make plays on defense but the special teams aspect is also something i'm looking forward to watching yeah like you said just super overlooked unfortunately because these guys work really hard and they save their energy to play six to ten times a game, you know, un- 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 unless, you know, you're punting the ball a lot. But like you said, I mean, the biggest momentum changer in the game is a special teams play. One or two of those and, you know, most likely you're winning the game. So turnovers on special teams is huge. But another guy that I almost forgot about, um, Adrian Colbert, he earned himself a, you know, a new contract this year. So... Uh, not a new contract, but he was a free agent. We re-signed him. They liked what he brought. I remember hearing Brian Flores say that he he liked what he brought. He played six games for us last year and started five of them. So, 
Um, he, again, more depth at safety. And safety is a position that I would not be surprised if we see kind of like a revolving door. You'll probably see a lot of Eric Rowe, but the other the other safety position, you might see a few different guys play get some playing time there because, again, this is, this is year two of a two-year rebuild. So, you know, especially if, if the season isn't going – trending towards the playoffs you'll see you'll see some guys get some playing time you'll see somebody that's hurt that may not be it you know season ending but he might take an extra game or two off so so don't sleep on on these extra five six seven guys that could get some playing time this year and especially if they show that they work hard and make an impact on the special teams yeah and, and another thing like you had said with um adrian colbert uh, you know, he was a seventh-round pick from the 49ers. Um, and you, you look at his three years. Uh, he was drafted in 2017. And, and you look at his three years that he's been in the NFL, he's he's really shown that he's a guy that will come in. He could start a few games for you, um, but he's going to come in and make plays. You know, like he played uh, six games for the Dolphins, like you had said, started five. He had 22 uh, tackles. The year before that, he played in seven games, had – 21 tackles so he's just a guy that could come in uh, behind Eric Rowe, Bobby McCain, Fedulum and, and some of these other guys in the DB room and he's just going to go down and, ma- and make some plays not only on defense but on special teams and I think that this just wraps up what is going to be a super solid defense I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it honestly like there's some there's some players that have a lot to prove, but I think the upside and the the ceiling for this defense is is um, top ten in the league, I would say. The disrespect the Dolphins are getting the Dolphins defense is ridiculous. They deserve it. This team has so much potential all around it. You got a great coach and defensive mind, Brian Flores. And you've got all these names that are just – I just I, I just don't know how this team is not talked about as a top 10 defense right now. Obviously, it hasn't been proven. We haven't shown things. But, like, on paper, I, I just don't know how you can't see this team as a top 10 defense easily. Well, there's some questions. Like like we said, the DNs, um, Shaq Lawson's coming off a year where he didn't start any games. Emmanuel Agba's a backup. you got a rookie behind them. Um, Godshaw's on a, a rookie, I mean, a, yeah, rookie contract deal year. Um, Raekwon Davis has got off the field or, like, personality issues. And Christian Wilkins had a down year last year. And look at the other side. The, the, the linebackers in the secondary are super solid. But, again, injuries are, are one thing that you just got to figure out if, if all these guys are going to stay healthy. Luckily, besides Raekwon McMillan going down for – that ACL, those guys have been pretty pretty healthy. Although I did think that uh, Jerome Baker was going to be done for the year when we played at Indianapolis last year. Yeah, that was I remember that play. That was scary. I was thought he tore his ACL. Yeah, I was very I, upset. I think, I think just like the last year in general, and then also the division we're in because Buffalo is getting overhyped, and now the Patriots are getting really overhyped because oh. a former MVP is on their team. We'll get into that on Friday. Um, and then, you know, the Jets are getting overlooked, but the Jets are always good for playing us well one time a year. Um, and then we end up playing the AFC and the NFC West, which are the two best divisions in football. So um, that's a big reason why we're getting overlooked for the year. But, I, I again, I think that this ceiling is top ten. Um, the floor is probably, you know, 20. 
between yeah. 10 and, you know, between like 8 and 20 is probably where I can see this defense being total. But that going after a year where people were saying that they should investigate the Dolphins to lose picks because they were tanking, blah, blah, bullshit. Oh. Um, so, I that mean, could... where we're at right now, you should be happy with because, I, again, I think I said this one other time. Um, Big O, which I know a lot of you guys are familiar with, you know, he got upset with me on Twitter because I asked him a question about what the rebuild could look like. And he was saying we can't expect to get like five to seven wins until year number three. And we got that in year one. So he was like, I get it. You're, you're, you're one of those blind Dolphins fans that think they're going to be good every year. That's not true. Um, so clearly, you know, he was wrong, which is not surprising because people can't be right at all times in their life. I like Big O. I'm not taking a shot at him. I'm just saying, like, in, in general, he gets a little pissy on on Twitter sometimes with people, and then is wrong. But uh, that's that's the position group breakdown, and I think uh, some clear holes in this team are um, the quarterback room. You know, the more more than I mean question marks more than holes. The quarterback room is a question mark. The wide receiver room is a question mark. And the offensive line has some work to do. And then the defense, I can see a lot of upside. Um, the only thing I could say that we could use and hopefully we have on the team now is, is a number one pass rusher. And um, I think the safety room needs to get t- tuned up a little bit. But I'm not overall I'm happy with where the team's at, especially where they were um, the first four weeks of 2019. Yeah, and to talk about the safeties a little more, I, I agree. The safeties definitely could use um, a, a little bit of help. Uh, we've talked about how Eric Rowe has some good ability, but he needs to prove that again this year. And if he does, the upside is huge. But if he doesn't, there could be a little bit of holes. If he doesn't perform, you know, you, you got a few young guys that need a little bit of time to step in or guys who haven't started a full season or more than eight games and need a little bit more time to step in. Um, and But Bobby McCain, if he, if he doesn't uh, perform well covering and, and makes a few plays in the run game, it could be, it could be detrimental to the, to the DBs in the safety room. So I, I think for me personally, I really like this defense and what I see in it and the depth um, but the safeties, I think, for me personally, are the the biggest question mark on the team right now. You know what I think is interesting is Brandon Jones is listed as a free safety. I thought he, I, I'm under the impression that he's a strong safety, but if he is listed as a free safety and he plays as a free safety, there's a chance he beats out Bobby McCain. Oh yeah, I think so. I would love that. I like Bobby McCain though. I like Brandon. Yeah, me Jones, too. So. Bobby McCain's one of my faves. Yeah, like he's just a I'm he's hard on the team. Him, for, yeah, <laughs> tough love, tough love. That's how I am, though. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a tough love kind of guy. He's been on the team since 2015. I like fifth round pick. I I love those guys who are late round picks or UDFA's that just. I mean, I don't know how you can't love a guy who's a late round pick, uh, an undrafted guy that comes in and just beats out all these top picks and shuts everyone up. That's why I loved Rashad Jones, Cameron Wake so much when they were on the team because. You know, Rashad Jones, I believe he was a fifth-round pick. Cameron Wake was obviously UDFA and had to play in the CFL before he got to the NFL. So, like, those guys, I just – I always root for the underdog. Big underdog guy. You know, Sam McGuavin, big underdog. Uh, 
Vivian McCain's kind of been an underdog, you know, with as a fifth round pick. So a lot of these guys that, you know, aren't first, second, or third round picks, I just love to see them come in and do well. Or guys who didn't get it, you know, didn't make their first team, but come on a team and really grind and get it, get it on their second team. I hope that training camp starts on time. Yeah, me too. I'm. I. <laughs> I really hope. <laughs> I hope everything goes well we get football. i am itching for football same it's been rough. i don't even care about that the nba starting like there a lot of people aren't even going to play so the nba is easy irrelevant to my life but mlb is starting so that's going to get me along i'm excited about that um but other than that like i said that wraps up our little series here i hope you enjoyed it we'll get on to some uh more relevant what about con- the punters kickers and long snappers Mm, I said it plural, but really there's just one of each. Yeah. (laughs) I hope Jason Sanders is a little more, a little bit more mm, consistent. I hope both the Matt Hack, Hawk, Hack, Hawk Hawk. is more Hawkaloogie. I don't know about that one. I hope he's more consistent. Yeah, if he he could be more consistent. But oh my god, somebody tweeted officially at halftime of 2020. It's starting to look like a blowout. Greg Camarillo replied, "I'm about to pull Avante Avante Davis with the Buffalo Bills." Ooh. Retire at halftime. Although, remember when he was drafted the Dolphins? Yeah, he was good. Him and um, Sean, Sean Smith. Smith. Yeah. Drafted same year, first and second round. Talk about the DBs, eh? Yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> Did you see the stat that Malcolm Perry had more rushing yards than um, uh, who was the dude out of Wisconsin? Why am I blanking? Went to Indianapolis. Oh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he had more rushing more rushing yards last year on less attempts. Malcolm Perry was a quarterback. He was really a running yeah. back. They don't run the ball. They run a, they run a triple option. <laughs> or they don't pass the ball, I mean. That's actually crazy. I did not know that. Although That's going to be sick, dude. I hope they run a little Wildcat with him. Better than running Wildcat with Kalen Blage. <sighs> he's he's not making the team. No, he he's working on his modeling cl- career. You can clearly see where his head is at. Yeah, get him off the team. His head's not on the team. His head's not in the locker room. Get him off the team because he can't run the ball. His job is to run the ball, and he can't even. I could average two yards a carry in the NFL. I'm telling you right now. Give me the pads. Strap me up. You heard it here. Nick Imperato, running back number one, Miami Dolphins. The only thing is Jordan Howard's going to have to give me that 34. Ooh. You could buy it off him. Nah, no shot. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have the money to pay. To to buy the jersey. No, I'm gonna rock him? like a I'm gonna rock like a a single digit number. I'll have him list me as a quarterback. But anyways, we'll come back and talk a little Cam Newton and other BS on Friday. Wrap up the week. We still got to do that Madden sim of the season. See what happens. Oh yeah, the Dolphins get uh, to it in there. Get the the, the updated roster. Da 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 da. Yeah. Um, anyways, peeps, make sure you're following on Twitter 
We're almost at 700 followers. We're going to announce a giveaway at 700. Also, if you hear this, go on Instagram and look up All in All Fins. Just follow us. I promise it's going to get better. We're working on some picture editing. We're going to get some videos up on YouTube. We'll get them. We'll get some clips on Instagram. Talk about some some current Dolphins news on Instagram because I know you people are looking, are scrolling through there, looking at things you're not supposed to be looking at. Uh oh. Don't let your girlfriend look at your searches. <laughs> or your boyfriend. It don't matter. All right. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Tell me how great we are. Ooh. Who who's better liked? Okay. No, I'm kidding. Oh, you're asking between us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like I thought you were gonna give me a, a thing. Who's better liked? Like Cam Wake or Jason Taylor? No. It was a joke. That's a good question. That's a good question. It was a joke. Oh, we have some good ones. I forgot I texted you some good topics. We got some good stuff coming for you guys. Alright, fins up. Deuces. <laughs> See you.